0: Hello and welcome to the Snippets of Leadership Podcast. There will be a moment when you need a good idea to go ahead, and you will need it fast. Whether it's a new product feature or a whole new strategy, doesn't matter. At some point, you will find yourself under pressure because coming up with that right idea is on you. You are the leader and your team is counting on you to lead the way. If you're a creative type, that should be no problem. And if you're not, well, you can buy into creative methodologies, uh, structures or tools to help you fill your gap and put you at the same level of the more creative types. And that is something I've seen a bunch of times. This misconception that some people have the gift of creativity and others don't. And that creative leadership comes naturally only if you belong to the chosen ones. It's actually something so rooted in our professional world that we don't even question it. Again. This is all based on a misconception that goes beyond creative leadership and it goes all the way back to creativity. So let's clarify that. Creativity is not a talent you were born with or without. It is a way of operating. You are not more or less creative than others. Some people have just intuitively figured out the process behind it, the rules they need to follow and the way to apply them. What I'm getting at is that creativity is a science and as such it can be explained learned and applied. For example, to strategy design or product development or anything else that requires vision. So back to creative leadership, if you really want to be the creative leader and be lean, ideate and execute faster, you can't only rely on pre-made tools and methodologies. Those can help, of course, but a great part of it is also being able to develop the right vision and direction well and on command. Your ability to do that will make a massive difference in your effectiveness and Regardless of additional tools you can use, it will give you the confidence that you can do it. That when needed, you can tap into what you know and come up with the right idea, strategy or process to bring your team forward. It's a bold promise, I know, but my aim is to share with you how to do it. What the exact process is, how you can apply it and how you can do it best in your position as a leader. There is, of course, a lot to unpack, and it's so much that I've actually decided to break it all down in a mini-series of four episodes. My aim for you is to break it down as clearly as I can and give you practical and applicable ways to start applying these skills and make them yours. In these four episodes, we will look at how the whole creative process works, what its elements are, which is what we'll do in this episode, how to ideate better with a group, basically how you can train your team on this and what the best methods to do so are, to ideate better by yourself, as you may not always have a bunch of thinking heads around you, and going soloing this is not exactly the same as with a group. And last, in the fourth episode, I will give you some exercises and games you can use to practice all these concepts, by yourself or with your team. Now, my promise for this podcast since the very beginning has been to be as practical as I possibly can. But because there is so much to unpack this time around, I need to go through some theory beforehand. I'll do it as quickly and as painlessly as I can, and I promise it will be worth it when we ground it all in the next episodes. Here we go. Let's start from the basics. I often talk about creative leadership in my workshops, and one way I love to start them with is by asking what people think creativity is. The usual answers I hear are having new ideas and thinking out of the box. That's not creativity, though. Those are outcomes of creativity. If you're creative, you can have interesting and innovative ideas and think out of the box. But what I'm interested in is what lies behind those outcomes, the process that allows you to think out of the box and gets you to have great ideas. This process is fairly simple and it consists of only two steps. In the first step, also called divergent thinking phase, you come up with options, specifically as many options or possible solutions to your problem as you can. Your goal in this phase is quantity, not quality. You shouldn't worry about how feasible or far-fetched anything is. Whatever comes to mind that bears any sort of connection to your context, you should put it down, impossible or not. And in the second phase, also called conversion thinking, you then try to make sense of all those ideas you have generated. You will drop some, refine some, and most importantly, look for new and unusual ways to link them. Those connections, Those new and unusual links are what you're looking for, especially the ones that manage to connect far away concepts. If you're able to take two ideas that had not been put together before and find that new connection, you're very likely to get to a breakthrough. Let's make it all a bit more practical. Here are two examples. Take the case of the man that one day went for a walk in the forest in Switzerland. When he returned home, he found out that he had lots of little green seeds stuck onto his coat. He had to spend hours removing them as they had these little spikes that made them stick more to wool. That may have meant nothing per se, and that man just may have brushed the whole thing off. But instead, he made an unusual connection between the textures of those seeds and the one of his coat. His name was Georges de Mestral, and that's how he got the idea for the company he founded, Velcro. Or take the case of a woman by the name of Sarah Little Turnbull a designer who, in the 1950s, was tasked to experiment with a new type of fabric for a bra. But that fabric didn't work well, at all. She could have ditched the project and moved on to maybe testing a different fabric, but instead, she didn't. She made a new connection between the type of material she was using and the purpose she could use it for. Took one cup of a bra built with that material, placed it on her face, and effectively invented the N95 face mask. Now this may all have been by accident, Demestral and Turnbull probably were not aware of this two-step process and just stumbled upon it. But it doesn't mean you should hope to stumble upon it as well. If you know how it works, you can willingly apply it and up your chances of finding your next move. As I said, in the next few episodes we will put this into context, looking at how this looks like in practice with your team or just by yourself. Before we get there, though, there is just another point I need to make. Basically, you may be asking yourself, why go through all this trouble? Why the two stages? Can't I just come up with a few ideas, see if I find a connection and if I don't just repeat the whole thing? Well, no, absolutely not. And this is why I needed to break down the theory at least a bit. Your goal is to link two far away concepts in an unusual or new way. That's the core of creativity. So to do that, you need a lot of different options that you can then connect, and a few interesting ways to connect them. And it's clear that the more ideas you come up with in the beginning, the higher the chances that they'll be unrelated. That's why it's worth just focusing on quantity in the beginning, because that will give you more material to play with afterwards. Also, it's not easy to find that new connection. It requires time and focus. So if you keep investing your mental energy to go back and forth between generating ideas and connecting them, you won't be more efficient. You'll probably just end up with a headache and nothing you can use. So wrapping it up, a large part of creative leadership is being able to come up with the right idea at the right time. To do that, you need to be creative, but creativity is not a talent. It's a way of operating a two step process in step one, You will only generate ideas, as many as you can, and without caring about how realistic or absurd the ideas you come up with sound. You will note everything down. In step two, you will then try to make sense of what you have, looking for new or unusual ways to connect those elements. Those connections are where you will find gold. The only rules you need to remember for now are, in step one, go for quantity. And don't try to make sense of what you put down yet. Making sense happens in step two. And you cannot mix the two steps, ever. It's always one after the other. And this last point, keeping it all separated, is actually the most difficult aspect of the whole thing. And in the next two episodes, when we'll talk about group ideation and individual ideation, I'll give you a few ways and tools to help you with that. That's it for the theory. Of course, there will be a lot more to this, and I'm looking forward to talking more about this with you in the next three episodes. Thank you for listening. My name is Eduardo Bindanzani from EBZ Coaching. I'm a leadership and communication trainer and consultant. And if you have any questions about what you've heard in this episode, please reach out to me via LinkedIn, Facebook, or my website. I'll be answering the most interesting questions on the show. And if you know someone that will benefit from this type of content, please make sure you recommend this podcast to them. Thank you and see you next time.